welcome back to the Knox Pride podcast. I'm Matt, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, James. Hi, James. What if I just wasn't here? <laughs> well, then this would be a very boring show for everybody. What if I was never here, and it was just you throwing your voice? Just you pretending to be two different people? I, then I would have to put that on my resume, because that would be a very good talent for me to have. Skill set, schizophrenia. <laughs> I can throw my voice and throw this ass. The only thing I'm throwing is a party. The only thing I'm throwing is a tantrum. The only thing I'm throwing is up. <laughs> I, f- I fruit up. <laughs> I fruit up. I done fruit up. Well, once again, we've opened this episode in the weirdest way imaginable. I think that's just on brand for us now. Yeah. I think that in this new season, in our second season, we've just landed on doing episodes on whatever makes us happy. Yeah. Which is a little chaotic, but also at least it's content that we enjoy, you know, and and enjoy researching. Yeah. But, you know, this also only happens whenever JD isn't around to keep us in line. I don't think that's true. We you were pretty so? weird and random last week and he was here. Maybe it's just because that's just how we are now. When we record, I guess that's really just I'm not us. mad about it. Bobby, how do you feel about it? <laughs> we have more than just Bobby listening. <laughs> Ashlyn, how do you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, it's just them two. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on? Well, I don't know if you know, but I got a new car. I got a truck. You did? Uh, yeah, I wanted to move into my Butch Queen realness um, fantasy for this year. So I just went out and bought a truck, honey. Honey. <laughs> But I'm really happy with it. What kind I, is it? It's a Hyundai Santa Cruz. Okay. It's super cute. I haven't named it yet, though. I haven't caught the vibe of it. I do hear that Santa likes to cruise, so. Oh. Is this a gay car? What color? <laughs> yeah, it's your car. <laughs> what color is it? It's like this uh, tan, like not tan, I'm sorry. It's like this grayish color, but it kind of, I feel like it kind of has like a green hue to it a little like bit. Like a, like a army greenish kind of like a i mean it's more gray i'm acting like i haven't already seen it you act like you can't literally see it <laughs> from, from the here window. <laughs> cool what's the license plate number i don't know yet because i just i've only had it for four days okay so they don't really give you license plates like just i don't know how cars work <laughs> well that's because i just love to drive you around yeah we gave branson my car because he's 17 needs a car so he's really happy well i bet or, or maybe not, because now it means he doesn't get to drive John's car anymore. No, I think he's just happy to have his own little moment. I feel like he needs his 10-minute, 15-minute ride to work. Do we need to get him some out. some of those plush dice to hang in his rearview mirror? I think we should. Maybe get booby ones. Booby ones? Yeah, or a pair of balls. <laughs> Do they make those? Do they make balls like that? I don't think we should buy balls to hang in your 17-year-old son's rearview mirror. Uh, what else has been new? Well, I also got a new car. Did you? What did you get? I got a Toyota Crybaby. Oh, is that like new? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a rebranding of the Toyota um, Tickle Me. I'm just making words up. You don't say... <laughs> I'm trying to think what else is new. Oh, we've been watching Traitors. We have been watching Traitors Season 2, which if you guys don't watch Traitors, what are you even doing? 
Bobby, get on it. <laughs> it's, it's Alan Cummings gold. It's, it's so all it good. Is. It's so good. It was, I think, originally an Australian show. And the basic premise is these this group of people go and they like live in this castle in Scotland and they have to do all these missions to try to earn money towards the pot that somebody will win at the end of the game. Yeah. But amongst them there are there are traitors and they every night the traitors pick a faithful to murder. Yeah. And then they do a mission and then the faithfuls do a banishment trying to find the traitors. Yeah. Did I do a good job explaining that? I think you got it, <laughs> I think you got it right on the head. I, it's I would say it's like a cross between Survivor and like the real world. Yeah. Well, and the last season or the, like Big the, Brother. Yeah. The last year, the first season of the American version had like some reality stars in it and then also some just like regular citizens yeah. <laughs> mixed in with it. This year they went with just all reality stars. And I'm not mad about No, them. I don't care about regular people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see these people who have made a profession out of backstabbing, backstabbing each other. And you it's, know? it's great. It's so good. I think it might be even... I, so far, we're about halfway into the second season. Yeah. And... It's one of the only things that I will watch in real time. Like, usually if I can't just binge watch however much I want of something, yeah. I'm not into it. But I wait and watch this every week. And last year, I loved it because one of my all-time favorite Survivor contestants was on it, Cherie. And if you know anything about Survivor, you also love Cherie. And I won't spoil season one for anybody who hasn't seen it, but... You, she's definitely the reason to watch season one. And I think maybe really even the only reason to watch season one. Because everybody else was... Even the Australian version, like, there wasn't... It wasn't a really well-known show yet. Yeah. And so I don't think that people had really figured out gameplay. And I think that might be why they went with all reality stars for the second season. Because it seems like the just, like, regular people never figured out the gameplay in the yeah. first season. Um, but there's so many reasons to watch the second season. I really enjoyed Cherie on on the first season, and you got me into her because she was a badass. Yeah, she's um, good. And then she left and went almost immediately into the Big Brother house and played Big Brother this past season with her son, and yeah. they didn't tell anybody that they were related, and it was like, it was juicy. It was good. So how far did that go? Did, like, did they both stay to the end? Um, or no. I feel like her son got eliminated about halfway through, and then she got eliminated like a couple votes after that. Did they um, ever find out that they were related? They Julie Chen. So uh, you you've never watched Big Brother, have you? Um, very few episodes. So when a house guest is voted out on Big Brother, they uh, they exit the house which immediately leads into the studio where there's a live studio audience and Julie Chen does like an exit interview with yeah. each person and it depends on once they reach a certain point in Big Brother you're on the jury and you you're the deciding factor of like who gets to win yeah and you go like live in a house and you're like secluded with the other people who are on the jury so at that point she kind of limits what she says to people when they're going to the jury house but in everyone's exit interview, she t she told them that they were related. Well. And everybody was like, uh. a couple people knew. Like her, Cherie's son sort of like had a romance. Yeah. And she knew. 
Um, she didn't know immediately, but they told her. And then there was one person who uh, immediately was like, I know, I know you and I know that's your son <laughs> and let's be in an alliance. And, but yeah, Sheree is uh, like reality queen. And then they put Sandra on this second season of Traders, who is also from Survivor. And Sandra and Sheree have this sort of like couch potato to Survivor thing in common. Like they yeah. both were very like a big part of Survivor is the physical aspect of it. And they were two people who did not match the body type of people who would be good at the physical stuff, you yeah. know? And Sheree actually coined, like, she was, like, her whole season, she was like, I'm going from couch potato to Survivor winner. And she did. And, spoiler alert, <laughs> she won her season of Survivor. But Sandra, same situation, but Sandra is, like, very conniving in the nicest auntie way possible. She's like, I'm your aunt, Sandra, yeah. and I'm going to stab you in the back. And she's the only person to win Survivor twice. Oh. Yeah. Like, ever? Yeah. No, no, really? Yeah, she's the she's the only person who's won it more than once. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But you know my favorite reason why I love season two of Traders? Johnny Bananas. Johnny <laughs> Bananas is on this and season. And CT and Trishel. There's quite a few real world people. Peppermint from... RuPaul's Drag Race yes. is on this season. Lots of housewives are on this season. Listen, I, I love those Bravo girls yeah. because you do... Something does happen a little bit later on in the season. I'm not going to tell you what, but it, there's a twist and it's great. There's a bunch of twists in this one. Honey, it was a roller coaster. And, and also you should watch it just to see Alan Cummings' like ridiculous outfits and costumes that he wears in this Scottish castle that his, they film in. His get-ups are... They're great. Like it's I just like, love that he's living this fantasy. It's also like almost intimidating how gay Alan Cumming is. And he's not even full on gay. He's bi. Well, or pan. I guess he's probably pan now that yeah. that terminology exists, but he his queerness is intimidating for sure. And that's coming from Big Gay James. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alan, if you're listening, <laughs> was it you that showed me old Alan Cummings like cologne ads oh yeah because his name is called coming yeah yeah and it i don't think i showed you those but i know what you're talking about uh, maybe it was john someone showed them to me and it, they were hilarious have you ever watched footage of him doing cabaret on broadway no yeah well, you should watch that too i love alan coming he have, was in I burlesque you know that oh yeah with christina aguilera and Cher. he was the oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was he's the doorman yeah. yeah i had to think about that but yeah i remember well Speaking, Speaking of, of reality <laughs> shows, that is a very good segue into what we're talking about uh, in this episode. Something that Matt and I both share love of is game shows. Yeah. And we're not really going to talk about any of the reality game shows. We're mostly going to talk about today about the history of game shows and, and what we loved about them in like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. I also thought that I would include like Nickelodeon game shows and a lot of the kids game shows I liked when I was a kid and yeah. then when I started researching there was so much that I've decided that we have to do a part two yeah so in this episode we're just going to talk about like classic daytime and primetime television shows but we're definitely going to do a part two and probably talk about like the all the Nickelodeon yeah. game shows and maybe the weird Japanese game shows and these reality game shows for sure yeah I I think this this episode and whatever spins off of this is going to be 
fantastic. You know who we should have had on this episode? We should have had Rhoda on this episode because she also loves game shows. I think we should get her back for when we go to like reality competition shows like that. Yeah. Because obviously you guys love Survivor. Yeah. So yeah. I feel should like that would be a great we'll one to, to come give back. her a call. Uh, something that I didn't know and I didn't discover until I was an adult. And I think this is the same case with Rhoda because when I was young, I idolized like Mark Summers, who did like he hosted like Double Dare and yeah. and What Would You Do and stuff like that on Nickelodeon and Alex Trebek. Like I idolized game show host. Yeah. I didn't know that fast forward thirty years later, I would spend over a decade emceeing host, burlesque yeah. and drag shows and stuff like that. Like I didn't know that they were like teaching me how to do that when I was such a like just watching them, you know. So I game shows have a special place in my heart, and I still haven't like written off the fact that someday I will host a television game show. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Someday. We'll do it. Or even a live game show. I would love to do like a live dating game or a live like Hollywood Squares situation with like Ooh, some you, people here in town. Like, I would love for you to do that, to do a Hollywood Squares. Yeah. W- once, once we get later on, I love that show. Okay, so I did a whole bunch of research on the like initial history of game shows and yeah. then um some research going into like the height of them during like the 80s and things like that so do you want to hear some stuff yeah yeah give okay. me some knowledge so game shows began uh both on tv and on radio it seems in 1938 um the first radio game show was called information please okay and again it it aired in 1938. And then the first television game show was called Spelling Bee. I assume it was a spelling bee. <laughs> Most likely. And then they they were sort of just like random. They just like filmed a couple and then like aired them, right? Yeah. It was on public access television. That's pretty much all that existed back then, really. Yeah. And then a couple years later, I guess the next year... Um, The first big hit was a radio quiz show called Dr. IQ um, that they then put on the television, on the television, on the television. (laughs) And it ran in radio and in television form from 1939 to 1959. It ran for 20 years. So there was like some success in the early days, but there wasn't a lot of like structure. And when they first started, they were like quiz shows. Mm -hmm. And then... Quickly, it evolved into panel shows, which would have been like one or two contestants and then a panel of people where they either like had to figure out their jobs or maybe all of them were telling the truth about something except for one and they had to like figure out who was lying and things like that. And it had a very talk show-esque feel, the way that they were hosted and stuff like that. It was less of like the like Wheel of Fortune kind of thing and more of like a getting to know these random strangers on TV So the first game show to air on a commercially licensed television network was called Truth or Consequences, uh, and that was in 1941. Shortly after that, also in 1941, CBS television quiz show was the first thing to be regularly scheduled, so something that people could tune into every Friday or whatever. Ooh. Game shows after that quickly became a fixture of television. There was quite a difference in daytime talk shows and primetime talk shows daytime talk shows they thought were like for housewives and like their kids that were staying at home and stuff like that so they were pretty low stakes it was like i mean it was like 
they weren't like gambling with a whole lot of money on yeah. this. Um, it was the prime time was when they did the stuff where people could win like a lot of money. Yeah. And then, sorry, you can hear my <laughs> my notes ASMR. <laughs> so they it, it went pretty well. There was a lot of mostly quiz shows and panel shows. Like I said, things where people are like guessing stuff about the panel. And then something happened. <laughs> Uh, Matt, have you ever heard of the 1950 quiz show scandals? I have not heard about that. It's a lot. Okay. I think we need to take a break and we come back. I'll get into it because it's pretty interesting. Okay. Grab a drink. Grab a gummy. It's about to get <laughs> grab real. Grab a gummy. <laughs> it's about to get real. We'll be right back. Hey, James. What's wrong? Everything, Matt. The government won't stay out of my business. I'm of a certain age and I don't have any health insurance. The economy is constantly stressing me out. And I'm still mad that NBC canceled Smash. I wish there was somewhere that I could just dump all these emotions and get cathartic. Bro, you ain't never heard of Brad's Cathartic Karaoke? No, bro, what's that? Join Knox Pride every Wednesday at South Press for Braddy's Cathartic Karaoke from 6 to 8 p.m. to dump those negative feelings and snap out of it. Are you ready for a scandal? Yeah, I'm ready to for you to spill this tea, hunty. A scandal on a Tuesday, spill that tea. Oh, oh we're annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as I said before the break, like, through the 40s, game shows were gaining a lot of traction. They got them on a regular schedule. People were really starting to pay attention. Yeah. They put, like, nice, like, easy little things for housewives to watch during the day and, like, Intense stuff for families and men to watch at night during yeah. prime time. And then in 1954, I guess there wasn't a lot of like prize money. It was just like winning going on in the early days. Yeah. And in 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that shows could give cash and prizes away provided that the contestants didn't contribute any of their own money. So as long as people weren't paying to be on the game show, they were allowed to like award prizes for it. Yeah. So just like randomly selected people. Yeah. Yeah. So that they started, you know, giving away small amounts of money and prizes. And I don't, I don't really know what they gave away back then, but probably like ironing boards and shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm sure it, <laughs> it was, was like, you know, maybe like a couple hundred dollars yeah, or it something wasn't, like that. It wasn't a whole lot. And then in 1956, uh, the Jack Berry hosted game show 21 premiered on MCV. I'm sorry, not on MTV. <laughs> MTV did not exist back then. Um, on NBC. And it was the first game show to be played legitimately with no manipulation from producers. Like an actual, like this, a real game, you know, like real stakes involved. And they filmed the very first episode with just two like regular people and it it was like it bombed. It was awful. The first ep the first broadcasting was so bad mm. um, that the co-producer Dan Enright said it was a dismal failure. Oh, so they immediately were like, "Oh shit, nobody's gonna." No, they the contestants didn't know any of the answers. They had absolutely no personality. There wasn't uh. like any sort of like pre-screening. And was this live? 
in front of his audience? I assume it was probably live back oh, then. God, that, I think I that think it had to be cringy. Was, yeah. And so they immediately began fixing the game. They immediately began giving certain contestants the answers and telling certain contestants that they were not allowed to win uh, because they wanted people to watch. Nobody was going to watch a bunch of dumbasses who didn't know the answers to anything, you know? <laughs> and so that went on for like three months. And then a contestant... He came forward to the New York Journal and said, like, I went on this game show and they told me that I was not allowed to win. And um, there wasn't any proof, though, because it was live. They weren't, like, recording things at the time. So there wasn't any proof that it happened. So it kind of got, like, brushed under the table. And then in 1958, so this was two years later, article exposing a game called Dotto for fixing was written and the way that they knew that there was cheating was that another a contestant found a notebook backstage that had all of the answers that was given to the person that they were competing against and yeah and they took it and like gave it to a reporter and so they went back to this guy that was talking about 21 and they were like yeah. oh bro <laughs> sorry we didn't believe you <laughs> but now we have proof like, apparently this is a real thing and so after that came out the game show ratings across all networks just like plummeted they took a nosedive jesus and they canceled quite a bit of them and then the the revelations were enough to start a nine-month-long trial with the new york county and they the I can't read my own fucking handwriting. (laughs) Um, But it started a nine-month-long court case and investigations, and contest rigging was not illegal back then. So they weren't, like, on a criminal trial. They were just trying to figure out whether or not they were cheating and then make a, you know, I guess, like, make a law that they couldn't cheat anymore. Yeah. They were just trying to fix the situation. But nobody was, like, in danger of going to prison or anything because there wasn't any actual illegal activity. But people were so... They interviewed like dozens of contestants and producers and they were not willing to perjure them. Like they they were not willing to admit that they were frauds so much so that they perjured themselves in front of the jury. Mm. And for some reason, no indictments were hit, were handed out like nothing happened. And the judge of that case sealed sealed all records so nobody could see them. And that is shady (laughs) that is shady and people saw that and they were like oh no no we want to know what's going on with the game shows yeah and so even more there was even more of an uproar and it went after that it went to it went to a grand jury oh Um, okay isn't that crazy (laughs) like game shows went to a grand jury and it, it went in front of u.s congress is that the same thing, a grand jury? I guess first it went in front of a grand jury and then it went into it went to US Congress. Yeah. Grand jury is where it was like sealed and they were like, yeah. let's just kind of iron over this. But the housewives and their hu- like everybody that was like so into Pissed. game shows were like, no, we want to <laughs> know what the fuck is going on. So they took it to Congress and then the producers of course were not going to like perjure themselves in front of congress yeah so they admitted it and um enright was revealed to have rigged 21 and like i said though like there wasn't any crime until they started lying (laughs) about it and that was the crime perjury was the crime yeah uh so that all happened in 1958 and then in 1960 congress amended the Communications Act of 1934 to prohibit the rigging of game shows. So 
And those are the laws that we still have today with gay yeah. shows. Like, they canceled all of the shows that were involved in the scandal, which was Dotto, something called the $64,000 question, which that was airing in the 1950s. $64,000 is a, a lot. lot. It was a lot of money back yeah. then. The 21, something called Tic Tac Doe, <laughs> which I love the name did of. Did you look into that one? Um, I did a little bit. It did come back. Some of these game shows came back. Like, so like, in, what like, was the that? Tic Tac Doe? I did not know, but w- I, I will do some more research for everybody. I'm just, Im- I'm just imagining it's like bakers like playing dominoes or something right. or like they're like playing some game like while they're trying to bake something i don't know anyway i think it's dough like money not dough like uh, <laughs> <laughs> my fat ass would it would instantly be like oh well they're making food. no i get it i was targeted this is totally off topic but it's just about me being a hungry bitch and thinking things are food when they're not <laughs> Um, I was targeted an ad on Facebook for a bedspread and it was this yellow like like velvet yellow bedspread and the picture was the bedspread folded up and I thought it was a folded egg from McDonald's <laughs> and I was like oh I want to I want to bake an egg and cheese I want to make griddle <laughs> uh, so anyway that was the 1950s quiz show scandals and there is a movie that came out I think it's from the 90s called quiz show that's all about these scandals which I never watched I don't know why I never watched it as much as I love game shows but now I think that we should definitely watch this movie together yeah I'd be so into that are you scandalized I you are you shook it I was shook (laughs) it like I I mean obviously I didn't like look into the hit like I should have like I didn't look into like the history of like oh the game show stuff but like that was the tea yeah Scandal. I love that though. I mean, I hate that. Like that dude, that dude, the Enright guy did make a comeback though, and like carved a pretty good name out for himself in cool game shows, like in the seventies, eighties. He kind of like redeemed himself, and yeah, like I said, like he wasn't really doing anything bad. They were rigging stuff because they wanted people to watch the show. I mean, yeah, but I think it's funny that they were so adamant about like not admitting that they were frauds, that they were committing perjury yeah at the grand jury <laughs> like they were li- they were like listen we're just trying to make good television yeah and we're just trying to get ratings they ended up fucking up all right i think i need to calm down after that okay let's take one more break and then when we come back uh i've got some notes on like uh game shows in the 60s 70s and then in the 80s and 90s which is like for me the heyday of game shows okay we'll be right back Hey, James. What? You know what time it is? Time for the calendar. It's time for the calendar. On the 29th of February, we have Dungeons and Dragons one-shots from 5 to 9 p.m. On March the 6th, we have Knox Pride Presents Braddy's Cathartic Karaoke at South Press from 6 to 8 p.m. March 8th is the Rainbow Teen Social Club from 6 to 8 p.m. On March the 9th, we have Knox Pride Presents Trans MB Support Group from 1 to 3 p.m. We also have The Green Room and Knox Pride Presents Pancakes for Pride Fundraiser from 5 to 9 p.m. And that's at The Green Room. On the 13th of March, we've got Knox Pride Presents Braddy's Cathartic Karaoke at South Press from 6 to 8. On the 14th of March, we have Dungeons & Dragons One Shots from 5 to 9 p.m. And on the 15th of March, we've got Knox Pride Bingo at South Press from 6.30 to 8. 
For more information on these events and more, visit knockpride.com. Okay. So now we've moved on to the 1960s. Okay. And there were really wasn't after the scandal, people were still watching game shows, maybe even more so after the scandal, honestly. Yeah. Um and game shows remained a fixture on television. They sort of stopped doing the daytime things as much as the primetime stuff. Yeah. But in the 60s we saw the introduction of um, shows that we still know today, Jeopardy came about in the early 60s, Let's Make a Deal, Password, Dating Game, The Newlywed Game. Uh, we also had a return to the panel style, yeah. but instead of just like ordinary people on the panel, they started to bring in celebrities. And that's where like um, Match Game and stuff like that, people, they realized that people really wanted to see famous people yeah. acting a fool, right? Go, everything was going strong. And then in the late 60s, they introduced color to the game shows. Yeah. Um, color television became a thing. And that's when they like really started booming because when it was just black and white, the sets were very plain. Everything was pretty boring, you yeah. know, because it was black and white television. Yeah, no one was seeing it. Once color was introduced, it was like, we need the tackiest sets. <laughs> we need lights. We need flashing stuff. And so that's when we saw... Again, more things that we still know today introduced. The Price is Right. Actually, the new Price is Right was introduced. The Price is Right was already an existing show, but the new Price is Right was like colorful. And I think that's probably when Bob Barker started yeah. hosting it. The $10,000 Pyramid, Family Feud, all of those came on and those, the bright, flashy. Oh, yeah. You know. And then our friend from The Scandal. He came back, um, Mr. Barry. What was his name? Hold on, let me look at my notes. <laughs> um, yes, Jack Barry. Um, he hosted Joker's Wild, and then he brought back Tic Tac Doe, which I looked up while we were taking a break. Okay. And it was just a quiz show, and then when they got an answer right, they got an X or an O, and they got to place it on the Tic Tac Toe board, and then if you got Tic Tac Toe, then you won. No baking involved. Oh, that's sad. So that kind of like took us into the 80s. Um, and we were seeing things like Press Your Luck, Sale of the Century, Card Sharks. That's also the early 80s is when they started syndicating. So that's when they started showing like reruns of stuff during the day or in the early oh, okay. afternoon. And they were, you know, that's that's when they started. All of these game shows primarily were like filmed in front of a live studio audience and broadcasted live. Yeah. But this is when they started like recording them because they realized that they would be able to continue to make money off of them by airing reruns yeah. and putting them in syndication. And that USA Network was a popular network that did a lot of like reshowing of older stuff. The CBN Cable Network, which I believe now is freeform it still exists but it's freeform okay which there's a lot we could do a whole episode on that particular station because it was like abc family it was i think it might have even been like cw back in the day oh wow and the wb before that like i think those are all the same network and then in the mid 90s uh 1994 to be specific 
the world was blessed with the game show network oh. and that kind of like took a monopoly that's like was like a niche it was just game show network game shows i um, love it and i think that the game show network still exists it does there was a a slight dip in interest in the 90s and so they were sort of like forced to go back to the drawing board and figure out like a new kind of game show. People yeah. were bored with seeing like the same thing over and over and over. And so they, there was a British show that had aired in 1998 called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And American producers saw the success of that and brought it to the United States. And that was sort of the first, that was sort of like the catalyst to the reality show like game show yeah. setup that sort of led way to survivor and big brother and the amazing race and all of those things that we will do maybe an entire different episode <laughs> on. And now we have, there's been like a resurgence recently in the past like decade or so of these like match game and name that tune and all these classics with all these like really great celebrities hosting them. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are today. Jeopardy is still on. Um, Ken Jennings is hosting, who was a contestant. He took over for Alex after Alex passed away. Mm. Now, we're going to get to our favorite game shows in a second, but always and forever, mine will be Jeopardy. And my favorite game show host, always and forever, will be Alex Trebek. And I was <laughs> I was very, very upset when he passed away. Yeah, It was real tough. And I've only watched a couple of episodes since, since. he passed away because it's just... I just haven't been able to. I watched a couple celebrity episodes. And Maya Bialik was hosting as well for a while. They were switching off between her and Ken Jennings. And then she stepped away. But I I read something recently that they're trying to get her back, too. So they're going to go back to switching off. Yeah. Well, see, growing up, my grandmother always played Price is Right. So, like, Bob Barker is always, like, in my head of, like, when I think of game shows it's always the first thing i go to is price is right bob barker bob barker was incredible and you know what's funny i'm not going to tell you how i know this but bob barker um provides a lot of the hygiene products for jails so like if you go to jail your bar of soap is like bob barker soap like it's got his name on it i don't know if that's still what a thing but 20 years ago it was a thing i'm not going to tell you how i know that but Okay, did you, like, read it in a book or something? (laughs) I read it in a book when I was in jail. Um, (laughs) Also, in 2009, this is just a little fun fact that I found. Um, In 2009, Kim Coles, do you know who Kim Coles is? I don't think so. She played Sinclair on Living Single. Maybe. She was the, in 2009, she was the first black woman to host a primetime game show, and it was called Pay It Off. Okay, come through. What are some of your favorite game shows, Matt? I feel like I've talked a lot. Yeah, (laughs) but like you were just schooling me this episode, and I appreciate it. I don't know. Some of my favorites, probably Hollywood Squares, uh, Price is Right. I really loved Family Feud. Oh, Family Feud was great. I For me, it was, I loved the celebrity aspect. If there was a celebrity aspect. for sure. So I also loved Hollywood Squares. $100,000 Pyramid. Yeah, $100,000 Pyramid. The... The match game, all of the iterations of the match game. I've always loved the match game. Even the current one that like Alec Baldwin was hosting. Alec Baldwin was hosting. So good. And my favorite family feuds were when they had celebrities. Yeah. Okay. Specifically when I was like a horny little 13 year old, my favorite was when they would have the American gladiators on because they would wear their like, they would wear their like gladiator outfits. And I just like, "Mm." looking at, never mind. (laughs) I'm going to stop. Um, 
But I always I like the celebrity ones too. I mean, I feel like now they're inter- like they're like really entertaining. Like I remember when RuPaul like went to Family Feud. And, yeah. Um, oh, and Latrice. Yeah, Latrice yeah. was on there. Um, Steve Harvey. He is. He's a pretty good television host. He's he is. pretty funny. Sometimes I'm like, why are you acting offended about that? This is kind of offensive that you're offended by this. But he's he's pretty good. He's but I feel good. like sometimes he's no Richard Dawson. But <laughs> I feel like sometimes like it's really his his reactions like that. Yeah. I, I like the most. Yeah, I really also like Whammy. Did you ever watch Whammy? Oh, press your luck. It's called yeah. press your luck. Press yeah. your luck. My bad. Yeah, Whammy, Whammy, no Whammy, no yeah, Whammy. I uh, loved yeah. that one. And the little like Whammy guys. <laughs> <laughs> I loved them. Stop it. That was, was that a good. great impression that was, or that what? That was actually really good. I I love that show so much. I just always remember watching those, like me and my grandma, and then like me and my uh, mom. Like we always would watch those growing up, and I yeah. loved it. I loved game shows yeah. since I was a kid. Loved Price is Right. Loved Let's Make a Deal. Absolutely loved Let's Make a Deal. Yeah. And it's funny to go back and watch that because like I was watching one recently and one of the prizes was a car and it was like, I don't know, like $7,000 or something like that. And then yeah. another prize was a big screen TV, like a huge boxy big screen TV. And it was like $8,000. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we used to have this economy where a television costs more than a car. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's very weird. You know, what used to crack me up was watching the, the game show, like, assistance or whatever you know like the, the girl oh, yeah. that would go up into the prizes. barker's beauties yeah like just like them posing with you know like, they have guys jet-ski. now do they yeah that's so cool yeah one of them's named james he's very handsome okay i'll google um but like when they would like be like oh you could win this jet ski and that bitch is like throwing <laughs> her hand around She's wait like, but real talk i feel like if i could choose any career for you it would be a game like a game show model. Oh, I would love that. I would, I would pick that for you because you know I'm not very good at public speaking. But I don't. I wouldn't. But have you to can be, point and you can pretend like you're riding a jet ski. Yeah, I can look pretty and point. <laughs> I love that for me. Oh. I'm gonna look into it. I'm looking to. I'm gonna get a talent agent and we're gonna make this happen. Mm, if okay, so if you were to pick a style of game, like what would my game show be that I'm hosting? Oh, it would have to be a very like cool, like I want I would want to say press your luck if I if I had to choose from like an old like a show an existing show yeah. like what that's what I'm bringing back is yeah. press your luck press your luck I feel like I that's a that. very you show I think I would be really good at hosting a dating show too oh I could see you doing like a really like comedic version of the Newlywood game yeah I would love that yeah that was also one of my favorites I, my little gay ass when I was a kid I was like I love this so much <laughs> I want to go in there with my husband <laughs> and like go play this game see and- that's funny because for me it was it was the dating game I was like that's how I'm gonna find my husband but you already knew you was gonna get a husband I got two. Uh, we know. <laughs> we know. Two people love you with all their heart and zero people love me with any parts of their heart I love you with every part of my heart. Okay. Well, that's sweet. You're welcome. I do have a... I'm going to go... I'm, I have two facts for you. One is positive and one <laughs> is kind of like a negative. A dark fact? Yeah. Okay. What's the positive one? Okay, Wait. So the, the, what's the negative one in case we end after this? Because I don't want to end on the negative one. Okay. So back in 1978... Um, there was a show called The Dating Game. Yes. Um, Chuck Willery? Or was that before Chuck Willery? I don't know. 
Okay. I just know the I just know the meat to my story, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in 1978, on the show called The Dating Game, there was a contestant by the name of Rodney Acala. Do you know who Rodney Acala is, James? I do know this story, but I want you to tell the folks. Um, so Rodney Acala was a serial killer and a uh, hot take rapist. He uh, murdered and did all really bad things to a bunch of women and children. Well, he was on that TV show and he actually won that show, if you want to say quote unquote won. So he won the date with, with, the, with the so girl. So the dating game, I the dating game was like there were like three potential three. dates and you picked. So yeah. the so he picked a girl. Or was yeah, he, he, he he was, was a contestant one, and he someone was a picked contestant. him? Yeah, okay. someone picked him. He okay. won the date. But luckily for her, she decided to decline the date because she told producers that he was just like really weird and creepy and he she didn't want to go on a date with him. Um and then it was like maybe two or three years later that he went to trial and So she could have given him murdered. Yeah. And you know this is another weird fact about that. He actually and I didn't know this, he died Back in 2021, he was like 78, oh. I think. Oh. Um, so he died recently. But yeah, that's a weird fact for you, real dark fact. Yeah, that'll ruin game shows for you. Yeah. Um, but on a brighter note, <laughs> bing, it's about Jeopardy, actually. So the TV show won 39 daytime Emmys. 39? Yeah, I thought that was so crazy. They actually won a Peabody as well. Jeopardy also holds the record for most Emmy wins at 17 and nominations at 37 for uh, regular Emmys. Yeah. Okay. And then for best games for for best game show, um and Alex Trebek holds the record for best host nominations at an outstanding 31 and wow. he, and he won 7 of those. Oh. I know. Alex. I know. RIP. What a nice guy, too, I'm sure. I never yeah. met him. But <laughs> Did you know there was a robot that competed on Jeopardy? No. His name was Watson. Oh, I love that. And after he competed on Jeopardy, he went on to write his own cookbook. The robot did? Yes. So there's a book about it. And part of the book is about... There's a, there's a book about a robot... Well, writing a cookbook? The cook okay, I guess the cookbook itself is a cookbook, but it's also about Watson and how okay. they created him and okay. things like that. But so this cookbook was written by this robot and it's a hundred percent just based in science. Like the thing the flavors that scientifically should taste good together. And so it's a lot of weird combinations. I like bananas and salt or like I don't know, weird things that you don't think would go together, but yeah. science says that they will taste good together. And yeah. so, and it's, he wrote a whole cookbook based on that. Well, how about that? Yeah. Well, I love that. I'll, info. We'll, I'll have to look into that. We'll have to go to the Knox County Library. And yes, check it the out. public library. Although I checked out some CDs from there 30 years ago that I never returned. So I might be on the bad list. God, you would be the one that we would get there and they either have your photo, somehow they have your photo. <laughs> pinned up saying like do not allow or Wait, what do you mean somehow photos existed 30 years ago yeah but you would not look the same from 30 years ago I look exactly the same you look exactly the same from th we're not going to get into this <laughs> um but this was a fun episode yeah I enjoyed thank you this. so much for listening we hope that you guys like what we're doing if not it doesn't matter. You're not going to tell us. Yeah. You never talk to us. Plus, please, it's our show. Please talk to us. Yeah. I, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. I feel like this is right up both of our alleys because we're just a bunch of old 
papals who <laughs> watching game shows. And I'm saying it right now. I promise y'all we'll do an episode two where we talk about we'll really get into like the Nickelodeon game shows and and maybe talk about some of these really, really weird. Have, Matt, have you ever watched a Japanese game show? I have not. They're weird. I mean, but some except, of them involve like nudity and stuff, too. They're very weird. Except, I mean, I guess I watched like Ninja Warrior. I mean, I guess that's technically a Japanese show, no, right? Uh, I mean, I think that Ninja Warrior is like, it's like based on Japanese shows. But I think that the Japanese shows had more... Of like a funny aspect to it, like um, most extreme challenge and things like that, which were like goofy, like wipeout kind of things. I don't know. We'll look into. It. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, we'll find out. Also, what about that one British show that's been airing recently, where you you like see it's like a dating game, but you see people naked. You like. Oh yeah yeah yeah. We should talk about that one too. That's just all right. That's just nasty. We got to go, but we love you guys and make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast, especially on Apple, because that is where it matters. Yes. And until next time, we see you, we hear you, and, and we, we love, love you. Knox Pride Podcast is produced by J.D. Davis, Matt Navarro Camp, and James Owens with recording and engineering by J.D. Davis. Knox Pride Podcast is a community driven effort. And we need your help. Please email us at podcast at noxpride.com with any questions, ideas for guests, or suggestions on content. And don't forget to follow us at Knox Pride Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Knox Pride Podcast is brought to you by Knox Pride Network with funding from the United Way. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Knox Pride.